Good evening and welcome to Slam the Gavel, the show that tells it all regarding family court, other court issues, as well as CPS. I am your host, Marianne Petrie. This episode of Slam the Gavel is sponsored by CPS Protect Consulting Services. A child protective services case is one of the most frightening experiences for any parent. Don't face it alone. Face it with confidence with urgent assist by CPS Protect. You can have access to former CPS investigators to make sure you preserve your rights and protect your family. If you're facing CPS involvement, and aren't sure where to turn, their child welfare consultants can help you. Visit cpsprotect.com forward slash subscribe and enter the coupon code SLAMTHEGAVEL for 60% off your first year of urgent assist. This is available in all 50 states. I have another announcement. Bradley's mother, Narcus Golan, passed away in the fall of 2022. Bradley is autistic and needs structured routine and therapies he receives for his autism six days a week. However, Italy just entrusted Bradley to the Italian social services. If he is ruled to go back, he will face the next three to four years in the Italian foster care system where he can't speak or understand the language. He will be then taken away from the only family he has ever known. And we have Judge Ann Donnelly to thank for this. Please call Governor Hochul at 518-474-8390. That's Governor Hochul at 518-474-8390 to please keep Bradley here safe in these United States. Hashtag keep Bradley safe. Also, one last thing, go to the site, pleasedoyourjob.com. We need 3,000 more signatures. That's pleasedoyourjob.com. Again, if you could please sign the petition. I have a brand new guest on. I have Sarah D. Moore on. She is most known as the mother of a child prodigy, Avit Ray. She is also a domestic violence survivor, creator of hashtag 9 136 Miles for Mercy campaign and post-separation abuse news on TikTok and advocate to protect children from the family court system. Sarah has survived over 12 years of post-separation legal abuse in both domestic relations court and juvenile court, which led her to extensive studies in psychology with a focus of narcissistic personality disorder and obsessive compulsive personality disorder. She adores her two sons, Emery and Avit, and she enjoys family adventures, travel, playing basketball, music, and Sarah grieves for the more than 936 children in America who have been murdered by a parent in the last 15 years due to the systemic failures to protect children from domestic violence and the family court system. I totally welcome you, Sarah. Where are you at in your journey, and how did you decide to do all this? Uh, thank you for having me, Marianne. It's an honor to be here. It really is. Uh, oh. And the work that you do is um, just honorable and uh, inspiring. So thank you for what you do. Oh, well, thank you. And I appreciate what, what you're doing because with all these, every time you turn around, at least every other week, you're hearing about a murder of a child by a parent. Yeah, it, I mean, since I started this hike a couple of weeks ago, it was at 936 child murders. It's, uh, I think it's near 950 now. Um, and how many children have to die before things change? Mm -hmm. What's the magic number? Is there one? And um I think I started, uh, your, your first question was, you know, where am I? And um, so we're in West Virginia, we're heading towards Charleston, South Carolina, which is where we're going to host our first rally. Mm -hmm. So as we make our way to the White House, we're going to stop in some big cities. 
um, and uh, rally with some of the states and um, continue to spread awareness. So, right. A lot of people don't know this goes on. And I've talked to so many people, even, well, some people think that, oh, no, there's justice in family court. I've even interviewed attorneys that had no idea this stuff goes on until they get hauled into it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're right. No, there is no justice in family court. It's an unconstitutional system that violates our rights, our rights to protect our children from domestic violence. Why would we leave? People don't understand that when you escape domestic violence in America, if you have children, you actually do not escape. You are tied to them. You are court ordered to have con uh, connections with them and they continue to abuse you in more coercive ways as many of us know coercive control. And so part of what I'm walking to the White House for is to criminalize coercive control. Mm -hmm. um, this is known as Jennifer's Law and it was passed in Connecticut, but we need it to be passed in all 50 states. Imagine if you go to family court, say like you and I both agree, like the system needs to be abolished, needs to be canceled. We all have to pretty much boycott that system to take it down. Um, it's going to take a lot of bravery to get to a point like that. Um, however, um, imagine if it was, if coercive control was happening and they were continuing to drag you through the court system and you could take them to criminal court and coercive control was in the definition of domestic violence and you got to show how they were using legal abuse tactics. Mm -hmm. to continue abusing you. I think that would help a lot of the children um, get to a place of safety if we had that set up properly. Um, so that's one of the things I'm advocating for. But essentially, what we're demanding is the government to declare a national emergency. I mean, this is a national emergency. There was, you know, there'll be, um, you'll hear things on the news where five children died and um, you know, something where 18 children died, right, in a mass shooting. We have 936 children murdered. And like to get the gravity of that. And when you're walking for every child one mile at a time, mile by mile by mile, you can get the gravity of what it's like to walk in these parents' shoes. I um, took a little break from the trail this week and I walked with one of the moms of the murdered children. I visited the grave site. Mm -hmm. It's they're trapped mm -hmm. for life. Because, and, no, you go ahead. I'm sorry. Because they yeah, are no, just because of family courts failure to protect because of systematic failures to protect. We don't back these systems anymore. They don't protect our families. They don't protect our children. Mm -mm. But yeah, now, uh, a, a thing I noticed also with a lot of these cases, well, that was some of the cases, I can't speak to all of them, but had law enforcement done their job because there are law enforcement um, codes on the books, like laws that are 40 some years old on custodial interference. So if there was a judge's order that you see your kids on you know, m Monday through Thursday and they're being withheld from you, Technically, you should call law enforcement and they should go get the kids and bring them to you because that's what's written in the order. But the thing is, law enforcement doesn't know what to do with this. But in Texas, they just passed House Bill 969, which means this will be happening in Texas. Mm -hmm. 
And hopefully okay. this will save lives like in Caden's law. And um, I can't think of the other one. I'm sorry. But because she called law enforcement and she asked for help, but they yeah. didn't know what they were doing. And no, uh, police won't get involved in civil matters. They'll say it's a civil matter. And so mm -hmm. domestic violence and child abuse, if you escape domestic violence and your abuser takes you to the family court system, mm -hmm. you suddenly lose the help of police. Mm -hmm. They don't have anything to do with that. Child abuse and domestic violence, family matters belong in criminal court. That family court mm -hmm. system is making money off the backs of victims. Mm -hmm. taking their homes, making them homeless, taking their 401ks, taking their children. In my case, I lost both of my children over the course of 14 years. Um, sorry. And in different ways, both of them were done in different ways. Um, my oldest son was taken from me by counter parenting. So his um, dad would say like, oh, I'm so sorry that you got grounded from your phone. If you just would have told the guardian and light that you wanted to live with me, then you wouldn't get grounded from your phone. Well, when you're 14, you can tell the judge that you want to live with me. And so my son, finally, when he turned 14, he said, I want to live with my dad. And all of this work that I had done to protect him from the things that he was being exposed to and the violence that was being enacted upon our family that he was completely unaware of that I was protecting him from, mm -hmm. um, caused him to be removed from my care and custody. And as, as he went through that path of the family court system, telling the judge that he didn't want to be with me, he became rageful. He just, he turned into a different person. He had to completely somehow detach from me. And he had to basically hate me, choose somehow in his heart that he wanted to punish me. Um, and it's been almost two years since this happened. Mm -hmm. uh, it'll be two years ago well, this month, I believe. And his dad got custody on an emergency ex parte order through the domestic relations court. And his dad had already filed for custody three other times and lost. Um, and so this fourth time he used our son through course of control. Right. Mm -hmm. And for the last, uh, for the first year of him leaving, he did not want to visit with me. He said it was too much. And he was very clear, mom, I can't have the life I want. If I'm living at your house, my dad won't let me. So I know you're going to let me live my life. And he needed, he needed someone to give, to give up something. And he knew I would do that. Um, but we kept our safety plans unbeknownst to dad. We kept safety plans in the background that I knew that he knew you know? Um, so I did everything I could to keep him safe until the moment that I couldn't stop the course of control. Right. And then my youngest son has a different dad. And eventually those two dads teamed up together to take custody of the kids. And that dad, my youngest son's dad filed for custody in the juvenile court four times before he got custody. He was denied custody, uh, three times on the fourth time, well, sorry, that's not exactly clear. He filed for custody four times. And while the fourth motion for custody was pending, he filed emergency custody and got custody. So these abusers are getting custody of our children by filing ex parte motions. This is a pattern. Mm -hmm. And I want, I want everybody to recognize it and see it. These ex parte motions, because they have different 
requirements and rules that they have to follow for custody versus ex parte custody. The ex parte custody that my autistic son, just like Bradley, you talked about Narcisa's son, Bradley, you know, my son, Avid has autism. He's, um, he was court or he was, um, his plan was to have five days a week of autism treatment after school. So it was a part-time program and his dad wouldn't take him on his parenting time. And his dad told the court that I was scheduling things on his parenting time. I didn't respect his parenting time. But I'm like, it's on my parenting time too. And the court is allowing this narrative to spread and is saying, yeah, you can't do that. Like, who do you think you are? And um, I'm like, I'm the custodial parent just trying to meet the needs of my child. Why is this counter parenting acceptable? Mm-hmm. Um And I was homeschooling him. So these are the reasons he got ex parte custody. I was also homeschooling him because um, the school did not know how to treat his autism and it had taken the front burner of what needed to be dealt with. So I got uh, our son on a waiting list to have an autism treatment specialist come to our house, an ABA specialist come to our home every day from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. And they were going to help me homeschool him. And that was in September. We started that. And then in November, Avit went to a visit with his dad and his dad um, twisted his arm, went to attack, attack, snatch his cell phone from him. And when he snatched his phone, he twisted his arm and um, Avit came home screaming, running from his car and Avit's visually impaired. So to run is really dangerous. Mm -hmm. He was running from that car. Like, I am never going to see you again. So dad goes to the court and says, parental alienation, she's homeschooling our son and he um, won't visit with me. So she's negatively influencing him to reject the father-son relationship. Oh, brother. And the court granted him ex parte custody. Uh, That happened to me too. It it did? Yeah, the father used, okay, he granted... He came in with an emergency petition. He also came in with a CPS caseworker who was smiling. And the judge, um, he had to recuse himself because apparently he knew me from a distant relationship with a relative from 20 some years ago. So he sent that judge sent us down the river to a crazy family court judge who immediately granted this emergency petition to remove these, my two boys. And the father called out, She's mentally ill. Oh, actually, his attorney called out. She's mentally ill and she's alienating the kids from the parent, the father, which was far from the tra- fact because the father was alienating the kids from me. Yeah. And, and I'm not mentally why, ill. Yeah. And that's why like alienation is such a dangerous thing because it works for men, but it doesn't work for women when you present those cases in the court system. Really what it is, is just more domestic violence. It's isolation, right? Like Right. And, and the judges, yeah, the judges perpetuate it because that judge in turn wrote an order for no contact via iPhone, landline, iPod, iPad, and cannot see mother on Mother's Day. So the judges are doing this alienation. And I did see a TikTok on a judge who actually called out a parent for alienating because of the behaviors. You had to have seen it. And it's like, why can't we have more judges like him that are fair? I mean, is he the only one around? I mean, is there any other judges that will actually stand up and do the right thing? 
No, no, because there's money to be made. All right. And we realize that the money can be made by, oh, the abusive parent can claim parental alienation. And like my ex has the history of domestic violence. It's noted in the court system. Like mother is a victim of father's domestic violence on at least three occasions. And we're talking like the man hospitalized me multiple times with head injuries. Our son, Avid, was involved. Um, in all of these beatings and drunk driving, he was drunk driving with him in the car. He had multiple DUIs. I mean, his record is longer than Christmas list, right? A child's Christmas list. It's, it's big. And this is the perpetrator. It's very clear that this is the perpetrator. There's no question about it. Did he have me arrested for domestic violence before? Yes. When I fought back, guess what? I didn't fight back the next time (laughs) and I almost got killed, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but I, you know, I left a mark on him. So he claimed that he was also a victim. So he, we both had to be arrested. Uh, that was Ohio law. Mm-hmm. So anyways, and I was a breastfeeding mother at the time. Like there's just no care. It was everything just to protect themselves so that they could get out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, that's another story for a different day. It's a longer story there, but um, we were talking about, I lost my train of thought. Oh, I'm sorry about, uh, well, you were telling me how about how you lost your your kids one by one. Yeah. And um, you, were, you were talking about ex parte custody and the judges and oh, the money that's to be made. Yes. Oh, so the even incentives. though it's clear, it's clear who the perpetrators are mm-hmm. and they're still giving custody to the perpetrators because I'm a protective parent who escaped domestic violence, like by the skin of my teeth. Right. Mm-hmm. And what am I going to do to protect my child? everything Mm -hmm. everything am i going to spare one penny no way not a chance so who's going to get it where am i to go to get help one place there's one place i can go the family court system and as long as they perpetuate the cycle of abuse then they're making money and if you've seen anything about the tie and bren case have you been following that a little bit yeah Yeah. So the tie and bring case is a classic example where the judge recommends the same guardian ad litem who works with the same defense attorney, which is representing abusers. And they're all working on multiple cases, those three people recommending custody to abusers. Mm -hmm. And it's the AFCC Mm -hmm. backing this, right? I'm sure you're probably aware of this. Oh, yes. The AFCC is training our judges and attorneys that parental alienation is something that's not even backed by research. It has been, as a matter of fact, it's, um, I can't think of the word it's debunked, right? Oh, a, you mean the, um, parental alienation or. Yeah. Oh, well, I, I mean, actually, I mean, I'm, I'm living proof. My kids are totally, you know, two of them are alienated from me. I've, I've really looked into it. Jen, Dr. Jennifer Jill Harmon has written inside scientific journals to prove that this does happen because it does happen. However, they should not be using this and abusing the term in the courtrooms and the judges are at fault for that. And that's why family court has got to be abolished. Yeah, it is. It is abusive. And the fact that things like this can just be used in a system and victims are exploited. I mean, this is a crisis. I mean, I've not seen a crisis like this in all my time. Like, you know, these school shootings, taking children's lives. These are huge and massive and horrible. And that that was considered a crisis. Have 936 children been murdered because of, fam- because of school shootings? How many? I don't know. But 
I know that when this number gets close to a thousand, it just, it just can't, right. You know, like who's going to stop it. And it's got to be us. Right. And I'm glad you brought up the collusion because they are using each other to go on to all these other cases. People don't know this. Parents don't realize this before they go to get a divorce. I mean, just because you're getting a divorce doesn't mean you have to run into a courtroom. You can actually work things out on your own if you're mentally stable, right? But if you're working with a per, uh, personality disorder, then that's not going to happen. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. And and usually one of these personality disorders could know someone who works in the courthouse, like my ex's wife worked in the courthouse. So here's a personality disorder who knew what judge and attorney were the best personality disorders to work together to take your kids. Right. They're all doing and, it. Yeah. And so like in my case, they, my judge uh, labeled me the source of conflict. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? I kind of am because I'm not putting up with the bullying. I'm not putting up with, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm not just acquiescing to his demands. Mm -hmm. And so in many ways I'm, I am, but they're blaming me for what he's doing. Right. And that is just beyond. It's not even their job to discover these things. It's their job to identify. Mm -hmm. They just overstep, don't they? They do. And they're um, not looking at evidence. You you can no. walk in there with 80 pieces of exhibits and they're just not reading them. That's what happened to me in federal court. I handed him a thousand exhibits. They No one... Uh, they knew the case had merit, but they just don't want to read the exhibits. <laughs> yeah. Well, because also um, there's got to be more to that than just not wanting to do the work. But what I'm finding in the family court is that if you are not, if you walk in and claim parental alienation and you're a male and the female comes in with a thousand pieces of evidence or even a ring dinger one, you know, <laughs> one piece of evidence that proves it all. It doesn't even matter. Right. Right. The parental alienation card trumps everything. And it should. And, and even the evidence that you have to disprove it. Mm -hmm. That's what's mind blowing. Right. Right. Which, I agree with you. I mean, they should not be, walking in there and the first thing out of their mouths are he or she's mentally ill mm -hmm. and they're alienating the kids right then there the judge should stop it okay wait a yeah. minute no no okay everybody gets psych evals first then come back you know i mean right. somehow the brakes have got to be put on this it's just never going to stop Right. And so what do you think? Like boycotting family court? How, like what, how, like what have you discovered in your conversations about fixing it or getting rid of it? Like anything? Well, I had interviewed Brian Vukadinovich on July 1st and he had offered solutions on how to, you know, fix this whole thing. And one of them was, you know, it, say you complain about a judge and you get the Namby Pamby letter back saying, you know, poo poo and then you just write to the uh letters to the editor in your newspaper start letting the press know continuously send in letters to the editor this is what happened to me in family court this is what happened he offered other suggestions mm -hmm. but um i usually yeah. 
Yeah, and it's and that's and open and open your mouth. Talk to talk to young people. I hate to say it, but you know, uh, I talked to the window guy, and I said, "Hey, you know, um, have you ever been to family court?" He goes, "Oh, yeah." He he was smart. He said he and his ex wife walked in there, and once they saw the shenanigans going on in there, they walked out, and they both agreed they would co parent, and they're never going back in there. Mm. They, but I think they weren't personality disorders. Yeah. But what happened to you and myself is we were dealing with a personality disorder and the attorney's a personality disorder egging on that personality disorder. Yeah. I mean, there's so many factors that can play into individual cases. You know, even the post-separation abuse wheel is very clear, right? The outside says systems and institutions right? The abuser uses systems and institutions. And inside of that, it says that the abuser has an unrelenting focus on her. That to, That's where, like, my abuser was obsessive and had disclosed to me that he had obsessive compulsive personality disorder to manipulate me to drop a protection order. I call it a narcissistic confession uh-huh. where you give some kind of information to get someone to drop restraining orders or get, you know, get what you want. Right. right. You confess something to make yourself look credible. So I believed it. And I was like, Oh, well, that's what you're dealing with. And he's like, I need you. But before he would always say you need me. But this time he said, I need you. And so I'm like, okay, well, you are the father of my son. I'm going to do my best. And then lo and behold, he just beat me again. Um, and so these obsessions, I mean, it's documented in the post-separation abuse wheel, an unrelenting focus on her. And when you go to this court system, that's all it is. Character assassination. I will Mm -hmm. sit there and I will say, my son needs this. My son needs this. And this is what happened to my son. And then he goes up there and he's like, Sarah, this, Sarah, that I tried to do this with Sarah and I couldn't with Sarah and Sarah's the problem. And I am not the problem Mm -hmm. and deny, Mm -hmm. deny, deny Sarah, 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 nothing about Avid. And if it is about Avid, it's like this cry, like he'll, he'll start crying and acting. It's it's like a show. And Definitely. yes, yeah. I mean, I even had his girlfriend crying in the courtroom. Like, we just want what's best for Avon. Oh, I'm like, you can't make this up. You're absolutely right. Can't make it up. No, it, the crocodile oh. tears when they're on the witness stand and the lying on the witness stand is just <laughs> egregious. But but to, like cr- cry with no tears coming out of your eyeballs <laughs> uh, and, and lying through your teeth. <laughs> Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I don't know what to say. I mean, yeah, and I can catch them in a hundred lies and it don't matter. They catch me in like one misstatement or something. Then all of a sudden I'm some, you know, like my thing is that I didn't want my abuser to know where I banked and they were trying to force me to tell him where I banked. I'm like, I can get that information to the child support agency. If I'm ordered to pay child support, he doesn't have to know where I go to bank. And the judge yelled at me. She said, I said, as a victim of crime, I have a right to protection. And she scolded me. She said, in this courtroom, you are not a victim of crime. Oh. Did you- and all the other attorney wanted to do was just scold me about why, like, she just kept questioning me for hours about money, 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 mm-hmm. money. That's all it was about for them. And that's how they made me look uncredible because I want privacy. 
I have a safe at home address. Mm -hmm. I was forced, the court forced me to give it to him. I've had multiple protection orders. The court bullied me into dropping it because I was going to lose custody. I only had custody of my kids because I played scared with my tail between my legs for so long. But the moment I became assertive. Then you're crazy. Yeah. Now you're crazy. Yeah. Why can't you just be a good girl? Why can't you just acquiesce to the demands of the person that's trying to manipulate? Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, he's hiding funds from the courts and domestic relations, such as patents that are international, things you don't know about. And they're hiding them probably on some other island. You know, they're getting away. And these domestic relations units have to be held accountable, too. Yeah, it's just so much abuse. Once you leave with your children, your children should be protected from that perpetrator. I mean, it's just, why is it even a question? Why does the family court system exist? In my experience, that thing has done nothing but traumatize me, my children. Not one good thing came out of it. Not even the child support that was ordered for my exes to pay. I know I will not, not even that was good. That that's one of the, a, a big reason why some of these children get murdered because the parents don't want to pay child support. Mm-hmm. You know, there's to dismantle the system to completely bring it down. And that's what I'm saying. If we march to the White House and we say declare a national emergency, we need to dismantle the family court system and establish a, an approach to domestic violence for these children. Excuse me, my phone just went off. That's okay. Right. So to establish an, a multidisciplinary approach that's backed by research, mm-hmm. that's what we need. And that's all we need. We don't need judges that play politics, attorneys that can contribute to judicial campaigns. That right there is a conflict of interest in abuse, period. It doesn't belong. Uh Uh, That's what happened to one of my judges. The opposing attorney financed or helped finance. He was kind of cheap. He only contributed $1,000 to the judge's daughter's judge campaign. Mm. Oh. You think he would have given more like four grand? But, you know. He probably did just in another way that was harder to track, you know, like, oh, you can use my house for six months of the year and Mm -hmm. whatever, you know, I mean, there's these backdoor ways that they are receiving monetary compensations. So glad you said that. Yes. That's exactly what they're, they're doing. And America doesn't know. Parents don't know until it happens to them. Yeah. And I'm really glad that more and more people are becoming vocal and starting to just break their gag orders. You know, I, I just said, if, if I have to, I'll start walking across the country to start raising money for the parents that get um, jailed for not showing up to their court dates. Mm -hmm. Like just don't even participate. I mean, they're, they're already on paths to take your children. If you're an abuse victim, 50 to 75% chance you're losing your kids. Mm-hmm. In the court system, not statistically, factually backed by research. If you're going to report mm-hmm. abuse, yep. you're 50 to 75 percent likely to lose your children. In fact, I know. You, oh, go ahead. No, that's OK. Oh, well, I know of a gentleman. He sent me evidence and everything. And he's of his abuse. Yeah. And the judge is continuously giving this kid to the mother and yeah. forcing him to pay an astronomical amount of child support. And OK, so here's where we go. Morgan versus Morgan of New York State, February 1st or 2nd. I think it was the 2nd of February. This case came out. This is gold for everybody, every parent. Okay, so if 
you've got a personality disorder that is not going to let you see your kids, even though it's order that you see Johnny Monday through Thursday. Okay. If that parent's withholding, use Morgan B. Morgan, because that guy proved that the mother was alienating him from his kids. So the judge suspended the child support. If you're not going to be able to see your kids, why pay child support? Mm -hmm, Right. Well, I mean, in what state is that in Morgan v. Morgan? Oh, I'm is sorry. That... I think I, I don't know if I said New York. New oh, York. New York. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And yeah, that's a good case law to have. Yes, because uh, I've always said, why pay on a horse you can't ride? I've always said that. And I had I been able to pull that off, that would have been great. Yeah. But. Uh, and I, oh. you know, I mean, people need to know about that, that that exists. Um but this is just such a national issue. It's like, you have to have that specific person, you know, get that kind of case law in 50 States. What's the chances of that, you know? And, um, it's like, we keep looking for case law for justice. I've had such, I've had zing ring ding zinger case law. Right. Now it's about the players. It's it's corrupt, the players. And and if it's not, yeah. Maybe in the first year when you first get out, it's kind of fair. And then as you linger in the system, they start to play you. You become just a violin. Yeah, let's play yeah, this right. one. Yeah. And, and then the, these things get dragged out. And this is where these attorneys, I really think also that the attorneys are more of the problem than the judges as well. You know, one of the moms that I spoke to whose children passed away said the same thing. She said, I felt like my barriers with, with my attorneys. And I mean, these attorneys went to law school. Mm -hmm. They did not go to domestic violence training, expert school. Like they don't know. Not only do they not know if they do know, there's not money in it. It, it, To victims of abuse don't, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like they want to play the game that has the money, right? So or there's like weird things that happen after I, you have to fire a lot of attorneys, right. Mm-hmm. And hire more because it's like, you're not advocating what's wrong. You know, yeah. you're trying to find an advocate for your kids. And, um, I have this attorney right now. That's, uh, literally not even responding to me. I'm like, and I can't get my docket because it's in the juvenile court and my attorney has to give it to me. So when I call to get it, they're like, well, you have an attorney. You need to ask your attorney for it. I'm like, my attorney's not responding to me. Um, And I even sent him a message. Like, are you colluding with these people? Like, did the judge tell you to like delay things? What's happening? He's like, no, this is not happening. But then he won't answer my questions that are specific to my case. So he's being elusive. Yes, that's right. That's the word. Yeah. Yeah, I had an attorney drop me right before an emergency petition that that one I was telling you about earlier. So here we are Friday. It's Friday. And I'm the I was the type I always check my emails in the morning and in the evening. However, I checked it at 445 p.m. And wouldn't you know, she sent me withdrawal papers because she's afraid to argue in front of this judge. So she stressed me out so bad. I called up one of the nurses and I said, who can you recommend? She says, well, why don't you go to this guy? He's an a-hole and he represented my ex-husband. So you might be able to do well with him. However, he was afraid to argue in front of her too. So he would send an underling in. 
who didn't really know. And mm-hmm. plus the underling and, and part of her defense, um, you know, a male judge, and I'm not saying all male judges, um, he just walked all over her. He didn't, he had no respect for her because she was a woman. I'm going to say it. I know everyone's going to hate me, but he had no respect for her because she was a woman. Yeah. And he would not answer her questions when she was saying, you know, your honor, she's done everything you've asked. Um, why can't we go back to 50, 50? And he said, I have my reasons. See, bear in mind, we had, been- yeah, what is that? Why can, a, why can someone say I have my reasons? no, your honor, you don't have your reasons. You need to state your reasons, please. So that, and that's kind of what's happening is when I was found in contempt. Um, so my son was on little big shots and American idol, like a a lot of big shows. Mm -hmm. And, um, while this was going on, he was on supervised parenting for physically abusing our son. And so he was on supervised parenting, but the judge finally put him on a phase in parenting plan. So I sent an email to my attorney and I said, here are the dates for the phase in parenting time that will work for us right now. She sent those dates to his attorney. I didn't, nobody got a response back confirming those dates. I was just going to make available, right? Hopefully he's coming. I'm, you know, this is the date I have. Well, we ended up flying out to New York and we were there for the Today Show with uh, Kathy or Jenna and Hoda and Jenna. Uh-huh. And Fox News wanted us to stay and do an interview the next morning. So that was going to make me later than my proposed parenting time. Mm-hmm. And uh, the next day, which was he was supposed to do 24 hours or 12 hours, 12 hours. Yeah. So we were going to do I, I can't remember. It was like six. Oh, my. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to remember. But um. Mm-hmm. I called him and I said, Hey, we're going to stay in New York. So I'm going to be later than the time that I requested. I think it was 10 AM and you can pick him up at 6 PM the same day, or I'll get him to you tomorrow at 10 AM. Cause the court order said 10 AM to 10 AM. And it did not specify a day. Mm. So he goes to court and he files me in contempt. He gets him at 6 PM by the way, mm-hmm. but, uh, and keeps him until 6 PM the next day. I think that was at 10 a.m. to 10 a.m. Okay, that's what he was supposed to do. So he did 6 p.m. to 6 p.m. instead. And I even worded it like you can do 10 a.m. to 10 a.m. tomorrow or you can get him tonight at 6 p.m. So it was his choice to do 6 p.m. I was not in violation of any court order because it did not specify a date. Mm. She found Mm. me in contempt. And so then she was able to use that. Mother has a history of violating the court orders. And so now my contact with my son has been suspended. So after Avit was taken in December on that ex parte emergency order for homeschooling him, um, it took me a month to establish contact. The judge wouldn't put an order in. I had to agree to whatever my abuser would agree to. Guess what he would agree to? Supervised parenting. So I scheduled supervised parenting for four hours a week two hours on Tuesday, two hours on Thursday. I did that for a few months. And as the time went on, things got worse and worse and worse for Avit. And he came home and he's like, I'm not going back. He he says, I'm being questioned for four to five hours at one time. And this has happened at least 25 times. And so his mental health was deteriorating. And he's like, I can't take it anymore. 
he had a relationship with our local police department. There's they're really good with children that have special needs. And so he had a relationship with some of them. And anyways, I I wasn't going to be like you are forced to go. I'm forcing, you know, so I was trying to figure out how to help him and get him mental health services. He wouldn't go back and he went to the judge and said, she's not giving me my son and it's custodial interference because he had emergency custody. And um, so she ordered the police to remove him. The police came and chose not to remove him and reported him to CPS for oh. emotional, emotional neglect. And then he comes back the next day with a more egregious pickup order from the same judge. And I'm talking the next day, like his attorney can walk in and get anything from that judge. If I want something from that judge, I've got to wait minimum two weeks, minimum. He walks in and he gets, um, the order says that the police are ordered to remove this child by whatever means necessary, including force, the threat of contempt against the police department if they didn't do it, and that my contact with our son would be suspended because I have a history of violating court orders. Not contact, but my visitation was suspended because I have a, a, a history of violating court orders. So she found me in contempt. I appealed it. And the court of appeals backed her because she ruled on credibility, the credibility of the witness. I proved evidence that I wasn't in contempt. But because she writes in her orders by the credibility and demeanor of the witnesses, I find her in contempt. Wow. That's their trump card. If a judge orders, sorry, I'm just on a roll today. I've got a lot to say. <laughs> You're allowed. Let it out. <laughs> yeah. If a judge orders, makes an order, and it says by the credibility and demeanor of the witnesses, that is a block where the appeals court cannot overturn that ruling. They'll say, yeah, we disagree with her ruling, but she ruled based on the credibility and demeanor. So we uphold the contempt. It's their trump card, parental alienation trump card. And then for the for the dad, for the, sorry, not dads, but the abusive parent, parental alienation trump card. And then for the court of appeals, it's credibility and demeanor. Now right. I have fought near, I have fought 10 custody battles over the last uh, 14 years. So I know a thing or two, unfortunately, and the system is not fixable and it does not serve children. It does no, not protect children. And it never has. But, you know, when the police came and they're the ones that called CPS on him yeah, for child, actually child psychological abuse. You know, that's I kudos to them for doing that. Yeah. And then the judge, oh, I don't know, lack of a better word, craps all over them and is going to hold them in contempt. What's she going to do? Hold the whole police department in contempt? Yeah, that's what they said. If we don't remove him, we we will be held in. She's going to hold us in contempt. Oh, my. Oh, see. And now, they're like, I mean, they, she was, her order was very clear that the police department had to remove him. Anyone that came in contact with me was to remove our son. CPS, I think it even ordered if CPS came, like anyone was required to remove our son by whatever means necessary. So, um, 
I'm there was sorry. one other thing I was going to say about that. Yeah, so he was removed on June 3rd, and I haven't seen him since. Now, are you allowed to say the judge's name, or you don't want to? It's up to you. Oh, no, her name is Judge Julie Bruns from Montgomery County, Ohio. She's a traffic court judge, <laughs> and she has chosen to keep my case after she was elected judge. So there are two judges in our court system. She's one of them. I'm not even in front of a magistrate. So if I don't agree with her rulings, my objections have to go to the judge that she sits next to, who's not going to go against her. Water cooler, you know? Uh, so is it, her last name is Runs. Uh, is it? Bruns, B-R-U-N-S, Judge Julie Bruns. And her, her husband was jailed for four months and he was ordered to be imprisoned, I think for four years because he was caught stealing money from the prosecutor's office. He stole over $80,000, her husband. And she was investigated and she was found to have moved money three times. I believe it was three times. But she claimed innocence and no idea because oh, he yeah. told her, I want it on a football bet. Baloney. So she got off scot-free and now she is a judge. Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, yeah, this is Montgomery County, Ohio. Oh, my God. It just gets, you know, every story that I hear gets worse and worse as I go along in this podcast, it seems. Yeah. Well, thank you for the space to allow people to share, because the more we unite and talk about the injustices that are happening and what's really going on, there's a pattern here. And that's what I'm talking about on my walk to the White House, the mm -hmm. profile of the murderers, the murderers of these children. Right. Mm -hmm. There's very common things. They violate protection orders. Does family court care if your ex violated a protection order? No, they still order contact. As a matter of fact, um, my ex violated a protection order that the family court put into place and they still give two licks about it. OK, so um, they don't want to pay child support. So they're constantly trying to take custody. Mm -hmm. OK, there's a pattern. Right. Um they're using coercive control tactics, trying to turn the children away from the parent, um, engaging in all the acts of, um, th they'll hurt the children just to hurt you. And mm -hmm. then they can go claim parental alienation when the children don't want to visit with them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There is nothing about this system that serves our children. And it's mm -hmm. supposed to be a system that serves children. So shame on these people, shame on these judges, the players, um. every attorney that continues to you know feed the system shame to them and you know made i i would go as far as to say you know curse them curse them oh, for yeah. what they're doing to our children and to our families and when we march to the white house this is just like a victory march we're ending this system and this is over so i hope that you'll support and join and if you want to join along on the journey it's uh nine hashtag 936 miles for mercy on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, TikTok, pretty much anywhere. Mm -hmm. And um, do you have I'll people? I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you do? If people want to email you, can they? Or yeah. So you can email me at post separation abuse awareness at gmail.com. Okay. 
Okay. Um, if you need help with travel arrangements to get to the protest in DC, the protest is October 21st through the 25th. And I'm grateful to the Center for Judicial Excellence who um, has tracked the, the list of child murders and is who, who is helping me with, um, you know, how to handle um, what I'm up to. So they're definitely partnering up with me. So I'm really grateful for that. And so we're going to be protesting October 21st through the 25th. Uh, we'll be doing sit-ins, we'll be doing walks, and then we're going to meet with congressmen when they are in session during the week. Um, and so it'll be a pretty emotional protest, mm -hmm. pretty emotional. A lot of parents will be there um, who have lost their children. So we will all need to be there in, in unity. Mm -hmm. Everything mm -hmm. that we have against anyone in the movement that has been affected by this politically or, you know, disagreements about whether you believe in parental alienation or not, mm -hmm. all of that has to be put aside because it's, we have to unite for our children's mm -hmm. lives. Mm -hmm. You can have your belief about parental alienation and they can have theirs. We just have to accept that we're all saying the same thing. Our children right. are dying. Right. Our children are dying help. And so that's it. Unite, unite, unite. Unite your city, bring your city together and get your city to Washington, D.C. Like we need people to stand. So a couple people are shooting 936 baskets for mercy. Some are doing 936 miles on their Peloton bike. Mm -hmm. um, some are um, skating 936 miles, making teams and, you know, splitting the miles. Just anything to spread awareness that these children are dying. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that that is going to make, you know, a, a difference. And my children, my, my children are profiled to be mm -hmm. on that list. It could be my child on that list tomorrow. Isn't that sad? Well, I'm glad you came and spoke out. I really appreciate your time. And um, don't, don't jump off. Slam the Gavels, a podcast to help the public understand what really goes on in these family courtrooms. I am your host, Marianne Petrie, author of Dismantling Family Court Corruption, Why Taking the Kids Was Not Enough, and Cry Out for Justice, Poems of Truth. And please join us again here with Sarah in the future and other exciting guests. You can find me on YouTube, Apple iTunes, Spotify, Anchor FM. I'm on other platforms I don't even know about. So I thank you, Sarah, for, for joining me. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. 